0: Good morning, everybody. Stands, give Lord praise this morning. Good to be here. Always good to be in God's house. Uh, looks like the heat's got a few people out. A few people are sick a little bit. Little Jimmy's not doing real good. He's got an ear infection or something, so pray for him. Uh, there's a lot of others out, but we're here. We're going to learn the word, and we're going to move forward and see what God has for us. And so let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all your blessings. We just ask for your anointing to to flow freely throughout this building in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives this morning, Lord God. We need your anointing. We need the presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, stronger than we can feel him now, Lord God. We just need your blessings in our life. Open our hearts, minds, ears, and lives, Lord God, to receive things new from this word, enlighten us with your word. We just thank you for this chance to be here and all your blessings in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Dismiss the class.
1: How's everybody doing this morning? Okay. Fair enough. Kind of one of those weeks, huh? Well, it's good to see you regardless. I'm glad that you're here. Page 36 in our study guides. Maybe I just asked the wrong question. Maybe I should just ask, is everybody alive this morning? Okay, there we go. (laughs) Central truth for today's... Well, let me say the title first. Who is God? Question mark. Who is God? Good question. Good question. Now, you would think that that's not a good question. Because you're thinking, well, I mean, I'm in church, you know, I know, you know, I went through the whole process. I know who God is. Well... Probably so. I want to talk about some pretty interesting versions of God that people have uh, this morning. And people do have a tendency to view it from that angle. And so we're seeing something today um, across our country and especially in Christianity is what is the real version of God? Who is the real version of God? That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I think we need to distinguish that because therein lies one of the biggest problems is that people are coming up with a version of God that they want to worship and they want to acclaim is going to be their key to entering into heaven. pastor's been talking about this lately. I think it's it's very, um, I guess, pertinent to the day that we realize what is the real way to heaven. Who is the God that we serve? And are you serving that God? So, so the truth is because God is creator, every person is morally responsible to him. That's okay. I agree. So, and I'm not going to get into the depth of it, but we've also said in the past that you can't really be moral without the moral giver. It's impossible. You you can't do it. Which leads me to always say that that's why I believe we've ended up in in the place that we're at in our country today. Is because we've tried to choose a a, uh, a perception of morals something that we think looks good this looks good to us uh, and then we go with it it's got to be morality defined by God and then you have to choose the moral giver in order for it to all flow together but you can't unpack the 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 morality from the uh, morality giver all right so under let's get started people who are generally familiar with the concept of God often mention God in a casual way. They mention prayer, especially in a time of crisis or suffering, and they may even talk about how they hope the man upstairs is taking care of them. But yet, such people often have no personal relationship with God. For them, He is at best only an impersonal figure. This lesson will explore the nature of God and His involvement in the world He created, thereby helping believers better Uh, prepare to explain the realities of God to a godless world. Alright, next paragraph. How do you answer the question who is God? In today's culture people answer this question in a multitude of ways. Atheists say there is no God. Agnostics argue that you can't know if there is a God. Those who embrace Hinduism, Islam, and Buddhism answer the question far differently than Christians. So who is God? And what should a person's relationship with him be? Today you will discover how the Bible answers the important question. As you study this lesson, think about your own view of God and how it may need to be adjusted to more accurately reflect the biblical description of Him. So if you get a little bit of an an insight there, it's like, okay, so what are we, what version, how do I know what version of God I'm serving? Well, it's got to be a biblical version. It's got to be the biblical version of God. It cannot be a version that you and I have come up with. And that's what, we, that's what we stand on. That's really one of the things that we stand on today is, is that the, the God that you serve has got to be the biblical God. It has to be the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's got to be that God. It's, it's got to be the, the, the God that created all things. And that's a theme, too, biblically. Uh, our God is the creator of all things, right? He's the creator of all things. He's, he's uh, not just a father, but he's also a creator. Um, our, fo- our God has a son, right? Oh, yeah, our God sure. has a son. Now now believe it or not, there's a bit of uh, there'd be some controversy uh, in some faiths where they would say we, we serve we serve the same God. And the question that has to be asked in other faiths is, does your God, if you that's what the claim is, because there are some faiths that claim that they serve the same God of Christianity. Does your God have a son, and did he die on a cross for sin? That's the question. Because in most cases, the answer is no. No, 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 no. No, but we serve the same God. No, if your God, if your God does not have a son named Jesus that died on a cross, then you and I ain't serving the same God.
2: Amen.
1: And that's 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 how you separate a lot. That's how you separate people who say, they say, well, we serve the same God, so we've got this in common. No, no. Let's... Let's get down to who your God really is. My God has a son. My God is the, the creator of all things. That causes separation, okay? And so, yeah, you know, it, it's uncomfortable. And the reason I'm telling you this is because I actually had this debate when somebody had to, was defending um, the Islamic faith. And he said, hey, I talked to an Islam." Uh, an Islamic, and they 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 do they serve the same God we do, and and we had just decided that we weren't going to argue and fuss over or over any of this. I said, I mean, that sounds really good, but you need to ask him if his God has a son named Jesus, and if I actually watched some video footage of of people doing that, and they adamantly say no, he does not have a son. Yes, he has a son, and this is what usually causes the friction. Well, most of the time Christians don't want the friction, right? But i want the truth i want the truth and if and if we can't if we if if we're not willing to and i'm not telling you to go and and cause trouble and to make things happen i'm just simply saying that if we're not willing to stand up and and have these conversations with people now what makes us think that we're going to have it in a world of conflict i mean pastor's been talking about it lately and it is I feel like, in a sense, it's kind of slipping away from us. It is. It's kind of. It's slipping away. I think we'll probably have a realization at some point that we waited too long to say anything. And I'm not saying I'm not necessarily talking about the person on the street per se, but just the vocalization of what truth is. That this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong. These are things that we do not do. This is what Christianity stands for. The church has been quiet. It has for a long time. I uh, come up here on a Sunday night and I showed you guys some statistics. I don't; Some of you may have been here or may not have. We had some statistics and we were looking at uh, just the simple church attendance statistic starting in the 1940s and then looking at the way it flowed from the 40s till now. <laughs> it's like a quarter of what it used to be in the 40s. Right now you think what happened well i mean a lot of things happened but truth got kind of washed in the back somewhere in the 60s they took prayer out of school um there were a lot of things that happened and the voice the voice of the church grew silent wouldn't want no trouble wouldn't want no trouble well i mean the way the way i'm starting to see it now is that i guess Trouble's going to come knocking at my door before I finally realize there's trouble. Now, I don't want that. But he didn't have to come to that either. The
2: the word Christian, I mean, it it starts out with Christ. Yeah. Jesus was the Christ.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: He was the sacrifice. The whole foundation of Christianity falls on that. Mm Mm-hmm. If, if, if there's not a son, there's not a Christ, there's not a death, burial, and resurrection, there's no Christianity.
1: Yeah, there's none. Well, in, in, in Christian, and that's what I, where, where Christian was derived from was shortly after Jesus ascended. And there was that persecution of the current church at that time. Well, calling them Christian was actually m- mockery. They were mocking them. They were calling them Christians. And it was supposed to cause a wound. Well, it stuck. And throughout the through hundreds and hundreds of years and thousands of years now we're called christians and we're proud of it i think that's kind of interesting how that works historically okay so uh, let me keep moving here um we need to know the biblical god in order to show him to a godless world that's one of the things that i got from the text that we're reading this morning in this introduction is if you don't know if you're not if you're not referring to the real god how can you ever show him to a godless world if we've got an idea of God, Amen. Uh, we call this mental ascent. It's this idea. i got this idea of who God is. I've uh, I got this idea that uh, he's a good God or, or he's big or he's loving or whatever, whatever. And yes, maybe some of those things are biblical, but it doesn't matter. It's kind of like, uh, like if you say, hey, do you know so-and-so down the road? Well, I don't, I, I don't know him, but I've heard of him. What have you heard of him? Well, here he's a good person. I hear he's, he's kind. He's a real kind man. Gives a lot. You see what I'm saying? i heard of him, but I don't know him. And that's, there's a big difference there. So we got to make sure we know the, re- the right one. Um, and it says, "And do you know the God of the Bible, or do you know the world's version of God? And so that comes down. That's the big million-dollar question is do we know uh, which version of God we serve? And so let's define that this morning. Page 37, let's read our scriptures. Caleb, if you don't
4: mind. Yeah, Genesis one one, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm nineteen one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens God has pitched a tent for the sun. Romans one twenty. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Ephesians 4.22 You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. First Peter 1 Peter 1.15 But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Acts 17, 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gave everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Hebrews 11:6. And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him.
3: Amen.
1: Alright, part one, God is revealed in creation. When Moses wrote the book of Genesis, the Israelites had come out of 400 years of Egyptian slavery. So we know the story. You know it. You read it. Uh, you, you know the, you know kind of what they went through and what they endured. Now look what it says here. It says, although they had been under the influence of a culture that worshiped many gods, they had continued to worship the one true God, teaching their children about him through oral tradition. Alright, so it was, it was passed down, right? It was passed down. The oracles of God that were that were taught were passed down, even though the culture was detrimental. And it's no different. Absolutely no different than what we're dealing with right now. The culture's detrimental. Can we agree with that? We have a detrimental culture. It's contradictory to God's word. And so the only the thing that's left, and this is this is where it gets really, really slippery is that if the oracles of God are not passed on to our children accurately. Now I, what do you mean by accurate? I'm meaning that the real version of God, the God that is uh, the God that hates sin, that version, not, I, I know I live under grace and I love the Lord and He loves me. but too often that's the only version that we talk about. That version, the good version, the version that loves, but we don't want to talk about the version that hates sin because that would mean that he might actually have something against us for doing something wrong. And people don't like that version. I don't like that version. I want to talk about that version. My God loves me the way I am. Yeah, that's true. But it depends on what kind of context you're putting that in. And that's, that's what I'm saying this morning. We have to come to a finalization of what version of God do you serve? Do you serve the biblical version, the version that literally that we're supposed to fear and reverence mm-hmm. because of His ability to judge? I think we could even go a step further. And do you even believe in God's ability mm-hmm. to judge? Do you believe that's a God that you serve, or do you believe that's not a God that you serve? No, my God would never do that. Um, I mean, stop me if you've heard this. God would never send anybody to hell. No, He don't. Never heard
2: that.
1: And so, see, it's that perspective. It's that perspective that people have and it's mixed and i'm starting to see this more often it's mixed more now than it ever has been it's almost like and i'm not i'm not saying i've got it down pat but there's some fundamentals that i have in my life probably the same way that you do when i sit down or i'm talking to somebody i'm like where did you get that from i mean you got a little bit of islam in that you got a little bit of of this and that you got a little bit of I hear grandma and grandpa in there. I hear all kinds of versions in there and I'm like, we don't got enough time in the day to unpack this thing. Just try to figure out where you learn this stuff from. And and I'm and I'm also saying this because I have fell victim to the same stuff. Just because I sit in here and I teach you guys, there have been I've had some major, major revelations. I was like, whoa, that's not God. Oops forgive me. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I did not realize that. I did not see it from that angle. did not see that. didn't know you were about that. And so we're still, we're still learning, right? We're still learning. We're still trying to figure things out, but we have to make sure that the God that you're seeking has got, there's some checkpoints in place. God hates sin. Can we agree on that? Amen. Amen. I mean, if, if you can't if we can't agree on that, which I'm, I'm I'm gonna say that's one of the main things. That's the main thing. God hates sin. God hates sin. And I always want to make sure, even if I'm praying with somebody, even if it's about salvation, all right, we're gonna repent of sin. It's not just asking him into my heart. We're gonna repent of sin. Because if you skip on that play, you skip on that, you're missing the whole point. Of the whole point of the sacrifice. Because can you see though? Can you see how it could get confusing when you, if you skip on the sin factor, and then you just say, "Oh, I just God, I just want, to, I want you to come in and make everything better." Then the then I don't believe we're accurately serving the real version of God. I don't believe that's the person that we're going after. We're going after the the God to get me out of trouble, God. The God to rescue me out of tough situations, God. The God that gives me things. I heard that you know, my grandma believed in blessings and, and God blesses, and that's fantastic. But if sin gets pushed under the, the, the bed or thrown in the closet as being one of those things, that, eh, you know, it's not that really that big of a deal. It is the biggest deal. Amen. That our God hates sin.
3: Well, brother, you're just talking about one way to to uh Find out if they our God and theirs is the same. You're right, yeah. Well, uh we all know that there's three in the Godhead and they don't believe in three. They yeah. don't even believe in Not in, in Trinity. One. Right. And all of these that were mentioned, here and some more, uh, they kill their own people. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things uh, that and we've got a, we've got a
1: commandment says,
3: Thou shalt not kill.
1: Right. There, there's a lot of things that Point to that, you yeah. know, and as far as the inspiration, that, that, you
3: know, it's different than their their religion and art because we know ours is truth.
1: Well, also too, um, and I think this is a good point. We are the only faith where forgiveness is a hundred percent free.
3: Uh-huh. Amen.
1: The only faith. There is no other faith out there whose God has forgiven sin one hundred percent, and you don't have to do anything. Everybody, others, every other faith requires something of you in order to actually pull it off so that's authentic so i think you can come back to you know if you want to come back down to figuring out who who, the version of god that you're serving that's a question to ask yourself is do i believe that salvation is by works or do i believe that god gave it to me for free and if you believe that it's done for free by the cross then you're on the right track amen we're on the right track okay under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Moses declared that God exists and is the creator of all things. Then Moses began to tell of God's wonderful work in creation in declaring that the earth was without form. We gained a sense of God planning the work of creation. God created an environment to provide for the life he would put on the earth. This allowed Israel, uh, Israelites to see how nature backed up the claims of Moses. The air they breathed kept them alive. The stars hung in the sky without tumbling to earth. The sun provided enough heat and light, and each night the moon provided light. They had witnessed years of sowing and reaping. It was clear that one God who, was, who controlled all things was responsible for life on earth. Okay, moving on. Many years after Moses wrote Genesis, David expressed how the natural world declares God's existence. He looked at the night sky, and the stars gave witness that God exists. The vastness of the universe testifies of a God who created all things. And this brings me back to the point that your God is a creator you serve a God who is not just a creator the creator so he created all things so putting that in perspective and considering a lot of some of the smaller gods that they that they were or so-called gods that they were trying to worship these gods weren't the creator they didn't really have creation ability they were, you know, they served uh, like Leviathan, uh, and uh, they served different aspects of nature that would give them certain things if they had done things correctly. Like if they, uh, they believed that if, if enough children were sacrificed unto Baal, they would get proper rain, crops w- would go well. You think, man, that's really off base, but that's what they believed. You can believe that even the Israelites fell into that? They fell into that. God's people fell into the sacrifice of children. That's kind of hard to believe. But if you study Baal and who he was and what it took to actually please him, and so when he said the Israelites fell into worshiping Baal, they were sacrificing their own children. It's absolutely uh, detestable. You think, how in the world did that happen? Now, a lot of people don't realize it because they never studied Baal. And look at the perversion, the sexual perversion of the things that we're actually doing. It's like, how could you fall off? We're no different. We are no different. And and, and I'm not saying it's going to happen that way, but if you don't believe that abortion is directly connected to this type of sacrifice, then you're blind. It's absolutely attached to it. Good Jim. Sorry. Brother, this,
3: this one place up here. I, I want to read that again. It says, uh, and they might even <laughs> talk about how how they hope the man upstairs is taking care of him. Oh, yeah. I was going to make a point um, on that. But that, that's, is, yeah. that is... Uh, yeah. I hate that phrase. Yes, the I do too. Upstairs. I hate that. <laughs> my brother used to use that summon, and I'd get so aggravated at him. And uh, I said, "He ain't no man. He's the spirit. Yeah, and he's the creator. Yes. And you should have reverence to God. You shouldn't use the old man upstairs or right. all that. <laughs> I, I, that just that just gets my
0: spirit.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm the same way. So can, can we? What do you guys think about that though? I. When somebody says the man upstairs, not judge it, not judge him. But someone who knows God personally doesn't call him the man upstairs. Amen. That's just not a phrase, a terminology, or a phrase that I refer to him as. But I'm seeing a lot of that. And people refer he's like, Yeah, the man upstairs has been taking care of me. I'm like, Do you know him? I mean, do you know him? Because that's that's the difference right there. Have you met his son? You really need to if you haven't. You see, there's so, there's so many things there. And, and I, I don't I want to tell you how to witness, but don't let people slide. Don't let them slide. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. Hey, let me ask you a little bit about this. You pray. Let's talk about this. And a lot of people, if, it, if it's uncomfortable to them, you know what it's like to talk to a believer. You know what it's like to go to somebody and and, and get and, and you hear them say something, you're like, hey, you know. I heard you mention that or i see your shirt and then you can tell they just beam. oh man yeah i love the lord i love the lord and you know you're on the same ground you know you are um i i believe if we don't do it now we're gonna lose a lot of stuff not today and maybe not tomorrow but the the wheels are already turning to take so much away from us as god's people into into uh they're trying to put you in your place you haven't figured that out they're trying to put you in your place uh to the point where uh <laughs> listening in on on your uh checking your facebook page making sure you're not saying anything anti this and anti that hello we wake yet it's here it's here The opportunity that you have tomorrow to go and talk to somebody or to speak to somebody or let's get this thing straight, you may not have soon. You may not have that. And I am not. I'm telling you, I am not. You need to ask Misty. I'm not somebody that wants to sit and talk about how bad things could get. I'm not that person. I don't do that. But I also am solely sold out to facts. And when I see things happening right in front of my face, I'm absolutely not going to deny that. I'm not going I'm not going to lie to you about where I think this is going. I'm not going to lie to you that I really think that our opportunities are being taken as we speak and it's slipping through our grasp. And I don't know if the fight is with us. I don't know. I still think there's a fight left, but I think it's our children that are going to have to deal with it. And they're going to have to be the ones to make the decision. Now, if that don't if that ain't the worst fear of all. I mean, isn't that what you wanted the whole, your whole life you raised kids? Isn't that what you wanted? I just wanted a better life for my kids. Well, guess what now that's staring them in the face and they're dealing with the thing that we would not deal with somebody other hand up go ahead
2: please. when you first started this you're talking about history and passing <laughs> the truth yeah down to our kids they're actually trying to change yeah. <laughs> history yes they are in, in in what they teach our kids mm-hmm. in the schools and in colleges and all the other mm-hmm. it's it's just pure manipulation. Yep. All all to try to take God out.
1: So and not and not just take God out because that was truth. like the truth.
2: They're taking the
1: truth. I think they did that back in the 60s and 70s. I think they pulled that off. I think they got it out. And now it's now they want to uh, penalize you for believing that. It's like it's you know, everybody's okay with being diverse until you mention Jesus. Everybody's fine with bringing in other faiths and religions until you mention Jesus, and then they want to. Well, we're gonna. We can't have you doing that. We can't have you talking like that. You're offending people. You're hurting people. Oh my goodness, you, you sensitive fairies. You're gonna have to get past it. (laughs) You guys know I'm I'm being respectful, but that's where we're at. Okay, let's keep moving. David also declared that God is everywhere, omnipresent. Thank you. Thank you for always being everywhere. He identified God as Spirit. In Genesis, the term Spirit also refers to God. God exists as one in three distinct persons. The Father is God, Jesus is God, and the Spirit is God. It's absolutely true. There are not three gods, but one. There are three in one. We agree with that, right? It's a biblical definition of the Trinity. This is known as the Trinity. The scope of this lesson is not large enough to explain the Trinity. Absolutely not. But David was referring to uh, the God of creation. Or he was referring back to the God who creates all things as a creator. Unlike pagan gods, our God cannot be limited or controlled. He loves us and wants the best for us. Even David looked at his own body and saw it as a testimony of God's goodness. So, I mean, it's kind of like uh, today, as far as like in business and stuff. If you want to get a hold of a product or something, you got to go back to the person who patented that thing. The creator he put a patent on it. this is mine and and you have to pay royalties if you want to use that if you create your own you put a patent on it you put your name on it and you're the creator well that's that it goes all the way back to the root of it well I mean think about it isn't that what you really want is to serve the one who created all things I don't want to serve the one who's in charge of the ocean alone I don't want to serve the one who's who's in charge of just the sky or the sun coming up and setting this is what they believed a god was in everything i want to serve the one who created everything that's the one i want to serve i want to serve the one who paid the price for me to be able to sit here and talk to you and talk about the truth that's the one i want to serve i don't want to serve no one else so we want to go right i want to go right to the top and that's the one i want to serve And. Is there an option? No. There is no option. It's not a God buffet. Okay? It's like, well, I think I'll choose this one, I'll choose this one. You remember when they brought in the Ark of the Covenant and they set it in front of Dagon? And they come in the next day and Dagon had fallen flat on his face. The statue. And which was obvious that there was no other God before me. You're not going to... And what they believed was, is more gods the merrier. We'll have all these guys, and we'll stick them in this this temple area, and we'll worship who we want to worship when we want to worship them. And so the God of Israel was a God that was popular, and they wanted him in the mix. So when they defeated him in battle, they take him and they put the Ark of the Covenant in there. Dagon falls flat on his face. They pick him up the next day. His hands and his head were cut off, and he laid right there in front of the Ark. Now if that ain't if that ain't proof, I don't know what is. God's like, get this get this thing out from in front of me. I don't, there is not an option. There's only one. There's only one God, and it's either His way or no way at all. Okay. Um, the prophet Isaiah described the omniscience of God. In other words, He is also an all knowing. Okay. All knowing God, right? This attribute, along with the other two above, provide wonderful assurance. God is everywhere, He knows all things, and He can do all things. I truly believe that. Now, let's define this, though knows all things i'm underlining it and can do all things yes i totally believe that but there's something about the way that he has gone about doing it that makes it that much more interesting he has taken you and he's put you smack dab in the middle of it and until you and i activate faith everything stays the same and so but we also but keep this in mind this version of god this popular version of god is is that well god can do anything well, and the reason I'm, I'm going to bring this up is because I was confronted with this years ago and I actually didn't know how to answer it then. He said, if God is, if God is in control of everything, then why does he let the babies die? Good question. You think, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know what to say. Why does God let the babies die? It's like we don't even think until we're asked to think. Do you think that man plays a part in that? Absolutely. God plays a part. God is in there. God's in full control. But he's done something in humanity the same way it was with Adam and Eve. He set this thing up and he said, I'm going to let you decide. And you heard me say this a couple weeks ago. Maybe I even said it last week. That is more evidence of power than if he was a socialist God and wanted to control everything and manipulate it. He's so powerful that he gave you the decision he said you choose and so when when I get confronted with why does he why, does, why do we have hurricanes why do innocent people have to die why do all these things I, I said I'll be honest with you it's sin come on you want to look at the Bible and you really want to get down to what the problem is the problem is sin. sin I and there's prosperity in the in the camp so to speak when there's no sin and when there's sin in the camp people suffer. We live in an imperfect world anyway. But see, this is the version. Let me let's let's get down to what version of God I'm actually talking about. Do we believe in a version of God that comes in when things are bad? It takes control out of your hands? It says, here, 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 here. You're messing that up. Let me take control. There, it's fixed now. The question that was posed to me was why didn't God just intervene? Because that's not the way, that's not the kind of God I serve. God responds to prayer, He responds to faith. Amen. God doesn't come in and dominate a situation. He allows you to do it. This is why we're asked to speak life into situations. Everybody familiar with that? If you believe in the Bible, then speak those things that be not as though they were. This is why he says, speak it. Speak life. Don't speak death.
4: Come
1: on, why, would I, why would I need to speak life, though, if God is dominating from the top? Because as much as he's in control, he said, I'm going to make you the steward. I'll allow the garden to be built, and I'll let you tend to it. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Who else did he do that with? Adam. Adam, yes, Adam. I'll put you in charge of the garden. And what did Adam do? He got caught slipping, and the serpent got in. Uh-huh. Yep. Was it God's fault? No, because he gave the garden to Adam. He said, name, the pe- name all the animals. It's all yours. You dominate it. Mm-hmm. And then he gave that away. <laughs> and so, Yes. It, it's it's no different right now. So what, what did he do for us? Well, he went to the cross and died for us so we could gain access back to the throne again. But then he said, okay, church, Jesus is your head. Now go do great things. Go spread the gospel. Amen. But people, the version of God people still believe in is they're like, well, I don't know why God doesn't don't come down here and just fix these things. Oh, you're yeah, get to fix them one day. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. But you are more responsible. Christians are more responsible than they think. And this is where I have to draw the line and say, yeah, God's in full control. But it depends on what version of control you're talking about. Are you talking about a socialistic, dominating God? Or are you talking about a God that gives control and delegates responsibilities to his children? Because that's the God I serve.
3: Well, you know, we talk about, you talked about the reason babies died. Well, we don't really know, but sure, God does. Mm-hmm. There may have been something wrong with that baby that it couldn't live very long and and he didn't want him to go through all that suffering. Yeah. And then again, uh, maybe he looked down the road and he knows all of our life. He knows what we're Mm going to do before we do it. That that baby could have been lost Mm -hmm. later on in life and destined for hell. Sure. And he didn't want him to go to hell, so he just carried him away.
1: Well, let me, let me, and And I agree with you. It may not be that way,
3: but that's what I think.
1: And I, and I agree with you. Let me, let me, let me put a, a spin on that too. And so our responsibility, and as much as we know about how to maintain health and wellness and, and how to do what we're supposed to do, we've been given a wealth of knowledge. Can we all agree with that? We have a wealth of knowledge in America. Um, there are certain things that have been proven that if you do these certain things, it could cause trouble with your pregnancies. And because people sometimes just don't abide by the rules, Uh so I'm gonna go ahead and do whatever I want to do, and then something happens, and then who gets the blame? I get the blame. Why didn't you? Why didn't you fix this? Why'd you let that happen? Why'd you cause that to happen? I've been in this situation before, and and yeah, it hurts. It's like why why was there loss? Why did there have to be loss? Because we live in an imperfect world, where where people die. And it doesn't make it any easier. Even though I can process it within myself and I say, I get it, it still hurts. But what we try to do, or what people try to do, is they want to give an explanation to the pain. And the only explanation they could do is they go to a perceived tower and they say, the God that's supposed to be in charge of everything didn't fix this for me. But that's not the way it works. That's not... The version of God, and I think it's unhealthy. I've even seen this in in church among Christians who are serving the right God one minute, and then the next minute they're believing for something that's not even biblical. And I'm like, hold on a second, now, now, which version of God are you are you serving here? Are you serving the lottery God, the God that's going to come by and just give you all of this good stuff, or are we still serving the same God who? who exists in a and allows us to exist in a reality that's full of imperfections Uh because as much as i have let me ask this question because i like this conversation i want to dig on this a little bit how many of you have ever uh you believe that god ever spoke something to you spoke something in your life that was going to happen and as as you begin to work towards that you you were actually more disappointed than you were thrilled because you realized that there were so many strings attached to what actually come with it. It's like, well, I had no idea it was going to be like that. I had no idea it was going to be that much work, that much time, that much sacrifice. I, I thought if I got there, that everything was going to be okay. But it wasn't. Actually, I got more problems. Anybody with me? You see, because that's, that's a real God. You serve a real God. And you think, why is it like this? Because... The world that we live in is not perfect. And I have, I've told you about that. I've I've had promises fulfilled in my life, and I'm so thankful for them. But I can look at them, and I remember what I thought was going to happen. Man, you know, lights flashing, you know, grandeur. Man, it's going to be amazing. And then when I actually uh, attained it, I got it. I got it in my hand. I think, why did I ask for this? It's so hard. It's so difficult. Oh, you know, my wife and I I'll give you an example. My, you know, my wife and I always wanted a big family, and and Misty had talked about it for years as we were dating. You know, and and the idea of having five kids seemed like a really exciting idea.
3: <laughs> pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, but but not the kind of exciting. And you're right. I kind of had my mind wrapped around something out of a movie. You know, everything always ends real well, and everything's perfect, and and all this stuff, and the more kids we got the more I realized how hard this thing really was and the sacrifice and the loss of hours of sleep and the things that would have to be sacrificed on my end and so you know, like on number four I like on number four I'm like what have we done
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: what what have we done and why did I ask for this and so did we fulfill it yeah we went ahead and we wanted five kids and so we had five mm-hmm. kids But the sacrifice is unlike anything that I can even explain. And it's like God gave us what we wanted. He gave us the desires of our heart. But is it this kind of, is this this perfection? Did God do his job? Yes, he did. But man, we're still living in life. Money's required to take care of kids. Sometimes they get sick and you're worried about them. Sometimes they make bad decisions and you're disappointed in them nobody can prepare you for the, the heartache of, of raising those kids and going through those emotions. I mean, I've got them spanning from 17 down to 8 now, so, I mean, it's like a roller coaster all the time. Yeah. There's all these range of emotions. I'm saying that because I know that each one of us, we, we, we believe God's working in our life, and we want to see God work in our life, but make sure that you're believing for realistic things. And that the thing that you're wanting and desiring is going to come as a package. It's going to come with disappointments. It's going to come with heartaches. It's going to come with difficulties and strife and and, and problems. And, and if and as a, when I was younger, I thought that as God put that thing in my heart, that if I could attain it, that all the problems would be left behind. Oh yeah. No. No, it created more. But see, I love my God today more because of that. I love him because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you in your struggles. I'm with you in your situations. Does God come through in different times and rescue us from situations? Yeah, 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 he does. he's He's a great rescuer. Can I explain to you why it's not formulistic? Can I explain to you why it doesn't? Happen immediately no i can't i can't i, I can't explain that I, I, I cannot give you an answer but all i know is is that god still loves us
2: Amen.
1: we're in this together we're doing it. he said i'm not going to leave you so he's with me right he's with you Amen. dealing with your stuff it's nothing none, none of it's perfect but it is good it is good okay let's keep moving
3: like an answer, the question.
1: okay that's life yeah well that's life it is I'm in section 2, right? Yeah, top of section 2. Let's get this going. During the time that Paul wrote to the Romans, the Jewish leaders saw no reason to accept Jesus as their Messiah. They had the law as well as the interpretations of the law. They believed that if they lived according to the law, their actions alone would please God. He explained that God requires a relationship of faith with God, a matter of the heart. Okay. And I was thinking about this. And it's easy for me to read the story and then to judge... Think about the transition that had to be made from the old covenant to the new covenant they had an old co- covenant belief system right they understood the law they had the law they had it right in front of them this is what they referred to this is what the pharisees were for and, and i know the pharisees get a bad rap and of course they didn't handle the 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 approach of jesus well but their job was to be uh teachers of the law and to make sure that everybody was doing according to the law because if you didn't then what would happen curses god would bring destruction so they were always they were always trying to make sure that everybody was doing what they were supposed to now of course they added their own stuff which wasn't good but i can't imagine how hard it was to go from the old covenant belief system to a new covenant belief system because all of a sudden then everything changed jesus came died was rose from the rose from the grave, and then all of a sudden they said okay all that stuff we was doing before stop no more sacrifices we're not doing that no more and I know that it's easy for me to read and say, oh, you idiots, what were you doing? Well, why didn't you just accept it? It was right there in front of your face. Oh, my goodness. We do the same stuff.
2: Amen.
1: It's right in front of our face. And sometimes we still deny it. It's, right. it's so easy, right? You know, think about it if somebody was reading your story as a book. Think about it if your whole life was a story and they could read it from a book. You'd be called idiot, too. <laughs> Someone would be like, what were you thinking? I can't believe you would do that again. But the the transition of coming from the old covenant into the new covenant and then (laughs) supporting that everything was coming by faith now and not by law, that we didn't have to do anything anymore, that we were just going to follow this Christ and put our faith in him, he would forgive us of our sins, and then we could be free. That was a a totally different gig. It's totally different. Well, I mean, think about this. And this is not the case, and it will never be the case. But you know how we believe now. We believe the Bible. But what if God's plan was He come along and said, all right, we're going to redo everything. We're going to redo everything. What if it was to go back to the Old Testament? Let me ask you guys this. What if we were to go from here and then go back to the Old Testament times? So and God come, along, come in and he said, all right, we're switching everything back to the Old Testament. How hard would that be? Does so that mean that we're going to have to John's gonna be sacrificing a lot of animals. And it's gotta be the right animal. And it's gotta be the perfect animal. It's gotta be the best animal. It's gotta be the best, depending on what you need depending on what you need forgiveness for. Imagine the headache that come with that. And so we gather one once a year. I think it was once a year. Once a year for this atonement. And the priest is gonna go, he's going John's gonna come in here and make the sacrifices. He's gonna do all of that. You don't get to approach God anymore. I think, man. Now, so thing. They had to go through this. There's a transition. Huge transition. The law did indeed inform people as to what is right and wrong in God's eyes. The law was always designed to point. Right? That's what the law was designed to do. It's still good for it today. For people that have this belief system that, well, the law doesn't really have any place. Yes, it does, because it still points. It still points. You can still point to it. Does it, is the requirement still in place? No. You've been covered by the blood. But the Old Testament still does a great job. the old, The law of pointing of what's right and wrong. The law did indeed inform people of which was wrong, right, and wrong in God's eyes. But the law could not save. That's the big one. It could not cleanse. Any who tried to follow the law for salvation would be found guilty on the day of judgment. Both Jews and Gentiles will stand before God. While Jews depended on the law and Gentiles had no concept of the law, yet they had a conscience that gave them a sense of right and wrong. But they could never become holy in themselves. They were instead darkened by the impact of sin. Thus, they became hardened to sin and indulged in every kind of sin and impurity. Who did that? What did it say? It says, thus they became... Who's they? Gentile believers. Anybody in here Jewish? Okay. That's your history. That's your history. You, as a Gentile believer, had absolutely no chance. And because of salvation because of what christ did he grafted you in you're part of the family and will always forever be like that uh, culturally if you want to call it culture culturally speaking i'll be forever grateful for that he gave me a chance he said I'm gonna, I'm gonna graft you in you don't know nothing about nothing you're ignorant to me you're ignorant to what you're doing you're ignorant to the whole thing but i'm gonna give you a chance i'm gonna give you an opportunity i'm gonna give you the same opportunity i gave my chosen people now you're my chosen people think about what has been given Uh okay paul reminded the ephesian christians that they should not live like the jews or the gentiles they have been given a new way to live through their submission to jesus this is why unlearning your culture is so important this is why not being culturally accurate is a good thing sometimes it's not a good idea to follow your culture okay do we have cultural things that we do that i enjoy yes i like christmas culture right we agree it's kind of a western american thing i like that uh, anybody here like thanksgiving
3: okay
1: you like thanksgiving um, i like those things i kind of like what we do as a culture but our culture is absolutely inundated with taking to sin don't follow your culture because it will get you believing that these things are okay and this is what I, i'm gonna go back to what i was referring to in the beginning I serve a God who hates sin. He doesn't care if you're a Westerner. He doesn't care if you're from America. That means that makes no difference to him whatsoever. Amen. He said, "I hate sin. And I don't care if you're if you're from the other side of the world. I hate sin. I don't want no part of it." And so, we understand that as a culture, we have a tendency to kind of dress sin up and, and attach it, uh, pretty words to it to make us feel better about it. I was s- scrolling through Yahoo the other day. I'm going down through there and I'm looking at the the things that they want me to click on to, to, to read and putrid trash that they're trying to get me to click on to I can see what's going on in our world. I'm thinking, man, if this is what our where, our where we're at right now, we're in trouble. We're really, we're really in a state. And if we're okay with these type of things happening, we're really far off the mark gotta go back gotta go back okay um those who acknowledge god will live differently from those who do not you say you believe that those who acknowledge god will live differently from those who do not anybody amen Amen. yes you're gonna live differently Mm -hmm. not not just coming to church but the way you live your life every day we are not left to try to please god in our own strength you couldn't anyway we accept Jesus as our Savior. We receive a new self that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to live as God desires. Oh, the Holy Spirit. Anybody believe in him? Amen. He is a him. We must purpose to say no to self-centered thinking and say yes to the Holy Spirit as he directs us to make right choices. We must learn to hear and obey the Spirit. Someone tell me why you think that's important. Not forget the lesson. You tell me what you Tell me what you think. Why is it important to follow the Spirit? And why is it bad not to? Someone weigh in. We've got a couple minutes here.
2: First of all, if if we're not following the Spirit, we're not... He leads us down God's path. He leads us down the path that He leads us to take. We don't, and we disobey, and we go the opposite direction. We could just turn south and never come back.
1: Okay. That's correct. Anyone else got anything you want to say? Do you believe the Spirit leads you in the will of God? The Father? We were talking about this, I think this was actually last Sunday night. And this, this come up. It's something around this. But, do you believe that God's will always has to do with sin or no sin? Is it black and white all the time? Is it, is it always about whether you're going to be an addict or not an addict? Do you believe that God has a desire for your life and he wants you to stay in step with him? Is it possible? Let me ask this. Is it possible to be out of the will of God and to, and to be out of step with the Spirit but not necessarily be sinning? Here, well, I'm talking about the real version here. I'm talking about the real God. I don't like so. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to remember. Because we, often we attach God formulistically. If I follow step A, step B, step C, that everything is going to be okay. If I I follow if I show up at church, that's a positive, right? I'm showing up at church, it's a good thing. And that's good. You should be at church. Uh, you should do the things of God. But can I walk out of God's will? Can I get out of God's will and still come to church every week? Oh yeah. Sure. Because let me let me let me let me say this because I'm running out of time. Because the will isn't always necessarily based on what you're doing physically, it's right here. You can hold bitterness in your heart, and be out of step with the Spirit. Uh-huh. You can be completely, completely out of God's will. Still come church, still hugging people's necks, still loving on them, and something inside of you be corrupt. Amen. Right, I've never had my eyes open to something bigger than that in my own life, and have to correct that. God telling me, warning me, "Hey, you're out of step with me." I'm like, "Okay, well, I need to, I need to correct this over here and correct this over there." They say, "Tell me you don't understand." You're out of step with me. You are out of step. Get back in step with me. In James, he tells us, for those who know the good, does it not see sin. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, I wish we had more time. And maybe, you know what, maybe we'll actually cover the rest of this tonight. Because I think there's a lot of material here. Go ahead, brother.
3: But after I saved the 68, I had a whole lot of things in my life that I wasn't proud of. And I got to wondering how really I, how good I had to be to serve God. Mm. Well, I was at work one night, and, and all this
2: machinery running,
3: and this spirit said, "Read First Corinthians six 3. Mm. You know that touched my heart. Oh I, wow! I still remember it. I'll never forget
1: it. That's awesome. So, I think we're gonna. I think we may we may try to cover the rest of this tonight because there's a lot of information here that needs to be covered. I hope you come back because we, there's just a lot of discussion. We're talking about the real God. We're talking about the God that we that that we serve day in and day out. A, not, a, not, a, not a God that we've made up, but the real God, the God of the Bible. Uh-huh. Amen. And so uh, we're running out of time. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the, the discussion, uh, and I appreciate all the input. God bless you guys. <laughs>